And um, he was like, these are the oldest Grenache Blanc vines in the valley. Like, you should at least try it. So I did. So I tried, like, two tons, which is, like, 100 cases. Okay. And um, so I just did it that year. And um, I, for for what I was going for, it mm-hmm. was, like, a little, at the time, too, like, almost, like, rich, the way it kind of turned out. Because uh-huh. um, I just wanted that, like, super crisp Grenache Blanc. And I had the two vintages to compare, Curtis Vineyard and Thompson Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And um, I just liked the Curtis better. Okay. But now that, like, I mean, I tried one of those bottles maybe six months ago. It was a long time ago. Uh-huh. And the flavor profiles are really nice on that thing. So it's, it's yeah, it's like full, like, kind of like honeysuckle almost, you know? Mm. So See, this is, this is the perk of my job now, I guess, doing this podcast. I can now drink some wine. I know, right? <laughs> this so. is awesome. My name is Mark Riley, a screenwriter and a producer from Los Angeles, California, and I love wine. I love the way it smells, the way it tastes, how it pairs with your favorite foods, and how it can loosen the tongue during intimate conversations with both friends and lovers. Wine has a story, complete with a beginning, middle, and end. It's filled with interesting characters, from the winemakers to the growers to the connoisseurs and newbie alike. Every single bottle I pop, I find that story, and it comes to life when you share a glass with anyone and everyone. You see, I am to find these intimate stories at vineyards and tasting rooms around the world, and I'm here to share those stories with you. This is The Wine Life. Episode 1, The Syrah That Should Be King. Meet Chris Blasman, winemaker with Four Brothers Wine. I met Chris at his boutique winery over there in Los Olivos, California. It was an unusually cold and overcast Friday morning, but it soon cleared up and became a beautiful day. I sat down with Chris, and he poured me some of his favorite wines. Here we go. Chris, we are at uh, Four Brothers uh, Tasting Room in Los Olivos, and I wanted to just ask you real quick to uh, eh, just describe where we are. Yeah, uh, uh, we're smack in the middle of town in Los Olivos here, right on uh, Grand Avenue. So uh, Such Los a beautiful o- area, too. Yeah, it, I love it's, this area. It's beautiful here, and what's great is Los Olivos, you know, originally is this old kind of like cowboy town, yeah. and it's still... It's still um, it's still sleepy. I mean, even right now, we're kind of the only ones out, which makes it really nice, but yeah. it's beautiful. We've got this nice gazebo above us. Yeah. We're in a, a beautiful courtyard here, and we're looking right out at Grand Avenue, um, and we're just seeing a lot of the local patrons kind of passing by, waving hello. And, yeah. And uh, it's kind of uh, the calm before the storm. It's, you know, Friday morning here. Yep. So. As the day goes on, it'll elevate, and people will start coming in from out of town, and then it's kind of full on through yeah. the weekend. So. Right. So what's your busiest time? It starts at, okay, so the, the tasting room opens at 11. Do you get people coming right at 11? And We do. Um, Fridays is a weird is a weird uh, day because most people start showing up after they get off work, or people take you know half days, so they get up here around 2 or 3 o'clock. 
So Friday mornings are usually slow, okay. but Monday mornings are usually really busy because everyone's mm -hmm. getting out of town. So we'll get people, you know, waiting at our doorstep at 1045 to just, you know, either one last taste, one last taste or one last purchase, yeah. you know, or something they forgot over the weekend. Yeah. So that sounds like us. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, my fiance and me, we like to, we love our wine. We love our wine tasting. And this is how we found you. We were driving around Los Olivos and we came in here and we're like, oh, let's go here, you know. And uh, it's not that we needed another wine club, but we had your wine. We needed another wine club it's, because it was so good. It's and the I way loved it the ambiance <laughs> and I loved sitting here in this. Yeah, we're, we're on a nice patio or a, a, under a gazebo. Uh, it's, there's flowers, there's people moving around. Uh, I loved it too as I was waiting for you. I just noticed uh, you have like a little coffee stand uh, right in the front here. It looks like almost like a, a pop-up coffee stand. It, it is. And people are just sitting, waving, talking. Uh, a guy drove over the two lines and parked and started talking, got his coffee, and drove off. I mean, so yep. a very nice small town that everybody knows everybody. Is that kind of where we are? Th that's exactly what it is. Um, I should probably give a little shout-out to Neighbors Coffee. That, that's okay, a little coffee, coffee cop right there. Yeah. So. Neighbors Coffee, my friend Blair Neighbors, uh, it was just an idea he had. It was like an old cargo uh, or luggage cart from like airports. Okay. And he converted that into a coffee cart. And like you said, it's a little local gathering. So yeah. um, you'll get everyone from tasting room employees, local winemakers, um, just people who live in the area that will just swing by, gather, say hello, grab their coffee. That's what I love. And, and it kind of goes into why I wanted to do this show and uh, why it's it become something for me wine it's a lifestyle it just feels like there's this community it feels like everybody I meet wine tasting are the coolest people I've ever met I, I don't know what that is and that's kind of what I wanted to go into but your your full name is Chris Blasman Correct. Okay, and you're one of four brothers, and you said that you took over, well, you kind of, you started Four Brothers uh, Wine Company, and then you kind of ran with it. Is that right? That, that, that's kind of, yeah, that's how it happened was, w we started this, so with my brothers, um, I was, I was very much into wine and spirits, so what I did was I was living in Topanga Canyon, and ah, yeah. I yeah, had, close to the, uh, we're close there. Yeah, yeah, yeah cl close to LA. And um, I had this like south facing slope on my property. And I just kept looking at that hillside. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and then finally, one friend looked at me. He's like, you should just plant vines. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to plant vines on my property in Topanga. And that was really kind of like the key that, uh, you know, opened the box for me. Yeah. Because then I'm like, well, now I got to know everything about planting vines and how this works <laughs> and soil and water right. and all that, you know, stuff that goes into the farming. And that's exactly what I did was I planted vines on my property in Topanga. Okay. And that eventually led me up here. That led me up to Los Olivos. Wow. So where are your other brothers from? So we all grew up kind of suburbs of L.A., okay. uh, a town called Agora Hills is where we went to high school. Sure, yeah. And then after high school, we all did a really good job at kind of like splitting, like getting out of the house and getting out of town. Yeah. So one brother went to Hawaii, which is where my mom's from. Oh, nice. Um, and then two of my other brothers went to San Diego. I came up here to Santa Barbara, then ended up back down in L.A. Okay. So, um, yeah, we kind of just moved around a bit and... Now, currently, I've got one brother in Big Sur, okay. one brother in Lake Arrowhead, 
And then one brother just moved back to Agora Hills with his family. Wow. So, um, yeah, so we're, and then I'm here in Los Olivos. And you're here. And what I found fascinating, Chris, is you opened this tasting room. You started your label. Is that what you call it? Yeah. During the pandemic. Yeah. And what's funny to me is that we're here tasting now, you know, the, uh, how are the restrictions here? Are they, it's like, it's, everything's now open, obviously, but, um, you know, there's no mask mandates or anything in town or anything like that. Nothing's but, enforced. Yeah. And it's, but, but I guess my point is, is that it's, it feels like the world's opening back up again, which is that good news for you as a, as a wine seller is trying to get it out there? You know, you, you want the yeah. people to come into the tasting room, right? Yeah, uh, it is. It's, it's kind of this weird catch. So um, as the world opened up more over the summer, yeah, we kind of were a little bit quiet. And I think what had happened was our, you know, local L.A., if you consider L.A., Santa Barbara, that are yeah. like kind of local patrons. They were like, oh, my God, I can get on an airplane again. And that trip or that wedding that got postponed um, is happening now. Yeah. So it seemed like everybody was just like out of here during the summer doing their family vacations. Right. Um, Cause leading up to that, leading up to June 15th, whatever that day was when they reopened everything. Right. Um, we were really, really busy mm. because people started thinking, what can we do? Where, what can we get in our car and go do? Yeah. And Eventually, those people just kind of fell into our lap. Like, whoa, this wine country is only two hours away, yep. and we could come up here, sit outside, spend the day, <clears throat> and then head back home and be, you know, be home in the evening. Yeah. So uh, leading up to that was was great. And then I think now that um, kids are back in school and people are back in town, we're start we're starting to kind of get busy again. So so it was weird. The pandemic kind of. Um, I don't know. It's so unpredictable, but it yeah. kind of changed things a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if, so what was the, the, so you open, I mean, you started, um, is it right? October of last year? October of last year. Okay. So we, uh, and kind of smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. It was smack dab in the middle. Yeah. We're like, right in the, you know, the heat of it is like the apocalypse is on our doorstep. It felt like sometimes, but it was, it was, <laughs> um, it was a weird time to open because you you really had to judge people's com- comfort levels. Right. That was really tough. And then also, um, I was just so ready to get the doors open. You know, yeah. I was I had been sitting on this space for a while now, and it was finally I think September was when the owner of the building's like, okay, like this has gone on for too long. You got to start start okay. paying rent. So ah. I'm like, I'm like, I guess I got to open. What else am I going to do? You know? Right. right. Um, and that's what I did. It took me until October to open. And it was funny. I was my one and only employee here. So I was like, I'm just going to do this by myself. I can handle it. It's amazing. And by the second week, I was like, oh my God, like I am, sw- I can't handle this. I need somebody. Yeah. And that's when I started bringing people in to help out. And uh, so, so really you'll see, you'll get an email cause you're in the wine club, but we're going to yeah. do our. We're going we're gonna to attempt to do our first wine club pickup party in the end of October, October 23rd. We'll be here. And um, we, it's, it's kind of like a, a pickup party slash one-year anniversary. We made it. We're yeah. here. Party. So That's amazing. Yeah. I, 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 and that's what struck me so much um, is that you decided to, to open it during the pandemic. And, but that also people were here. People were flocking to it. It, it shows that people 
need to get out and need and that's that's a big part of the pandemic i think not to go too much into the pandemic but that need to connect with people yeah and talk and human contact whether it's shaking hands or hugging or whatever you add wine to that that's just going to be i mean just chef's kiss right oh gosh we trust me we've had some incidents where i'm like uh okay i know you guys are all joining <laughs> tables and you just met but right. This is on you guys, okay? <laughs> you guys are all strangers, and now you're all best friends, right. but you're still, you know, you're, you're taking the gamble, so just yep. go for it, you but know? That, but that's, what, that's, that's wine to me. That's, yeah. that's the wine-tasting experience. And, um, I mean, I'm looking at these four bottles here. I, I say we get into it. Let's do it. Uh, Let's get into so it. So we are going to do some tasting here. Um, this is The Wine Life. I am Mark Riley, and I'm your host, and I'm here with Chris Blassman. Uh, owner of Four Brothers Winery and Wine Tasting Room here in Los Olivos. That's my spiel right there. Let's pour some wine. I love this. So this is the uh, Grenache Blanc. Yeah, so this is... Um, so I kind of grabbed this bottle like I was kind of telling you before we started. Was yeah, this is old... This is uh, an older vintage of our Grenache Blanc from the oldest vines here in the valley, in the San Ynez Valley. So um, these were, according to the vineyard, the first Grenache Blanc vines planted in the whole San Ynez Valley. Um, so Thompson Vineyard right here. And the vintage we're drinking is a 2017, which for a white, you would think, wow, that's like a pretty old vintage, you know. Um, usually you want to kind of drink those whites right away. And um, this wine is, what we did was we did 50% neutral French oak, 50% stainless steel. We did that, that neutral French oak just to capture that kind of, um, like almost honeysuckle is what I was yeah. going for. So... Um, in a description, I would say this is kind of like a vintage white wine right here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and this is, we're not serving this at the tasting room, so okay. sorry, sorry folks at home. This is a special, uh, <laughs> a, a special Mark wine. So, oh, this is the perks of what I do yeah. in my job. This is delicious. So when you say vintage, 50% oak barrel, 50% stainless. Okay, so start with vintage. What does that mean exactly for people well, that don't know? So vintage would just be the year. Okay. Um, you know, obviously reds go longer than the whites. Mm -hmm. And whites, you kind of, it's like a turn and burn type thing, at least here in California. You know, you're just, you're, you're getting that fruit in and you're producing your whites and you're trying to get those out there and get them into the market immediately and then hopefully the plan is you sell out before you get ready to release your next vintage okay um the reason i would call this a vintage wine is you know we were serving our 2020 grenache blanc so this is a 2017 mm -hmm. so you're kind of like you got 17 you got 18 you got 19 like it's not something you really want to hold on to but we do um try to hold on to a little bit of wine and this was actually something I didn't even know I had. I, I genuinely thought I was sold out of this wine. Oh, wow. And when I was going through my storage, I found a few cases of, you know, some 17 Grenache Blanc, some 14 Syrah, like stuff that I completely forgot about. Oh, wow. Which just shows kind of my life a little bit. Like, just how do you forget about wine, right? And I'm just <laughs> like, like, the organization needs to kind of, someone's got to help me out there, where sure. I'm just like, what the hell? I've still got this wine lying around. And... Um, so that's what I started to do was pulling a little bit, bit of this. And okay. I thought this would be the perfect occasion to, to crack this bottle. Yeah, it's really good. And, and for people listening at home, I mean, uh, 
how would you do? I mean, it's like there's the movie Sideways, where Miles sits there and he tells Jack how to taste wine. Do this, right. do that, the swirling, the this, the, are you chewing gum? All that aside, how do you taste your wine? Like, what is it that we're looking for here? What are we swirling? Why are there, they, they call them legs, right? Yeah. I'm trying to give people an idea at home, like what this tasting experience is, what you're looking for, what you're feeling, what you're tasting, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, what I do is, um, let's just say with my customers, is I, I try to not make it too complicated because wine can be intimidating. Some people feel like it's, you know, like, uh, I don't know, you got to be a wine geek or you have to know what you're doing to even try wine. and Wine snob. Yeah, but right? that's, that's completely not the case at all. Yeah. You know, um, what the case is, is you need to just kind of have fun with it and it's subjective and... Uh, certain things are going to taste different to everybody. So where we start is um, the music next door just kicked on. Yeah, um, that's so, great. This is this is what I want. So this is this is <laughs> the town beautiful. waking up. Welcome the to the town waking up. Yeah, yeah, and for everybody listening right now, it is such it it was overcast and cold when I got here. The sun is now out. The music's playing. There's a woman unloading her dog. Um, it's <laughs> yep, that's Amy. That's our neighbor right next to us. See, there it is. Right. Small town. Small town, and that's what I love. And this is the experience. And so you're yeah. get, it get perfect timing. You're getting right into what we're doing, the drinking of the wine, and what to expect. Right. And all that. So, so this is what I tell my customers: is I go, at least give this thing a smell. Don't just start slamming this thing. Like, <laughs> see, see what you pick up on the nose. And there's no right or wrong answer. Um, you know, some people are like, I smell wine, and I'm like. There you go. Exactly. So if we were to dig deeper, what is it? Fruit. What What is wine to you, right? And some people are like, I don't know. Sometimes it smells like alcohol. And I'm like, okay, okay. yeah, well, what is that alcohol? Oh, and then, like, we'll dig deeper and we'll be like, oh, what you're smelling is actually, like, mineral. You're just smelling that minerality of wine, which is very mm -hmm. common. Um, so then people are like, oh, my God, I know about wine. I know what I'm looking for. Like, I know what minerality, like, kind of smells like. So, That's so fun. Yeah, so I look for... Um, you, you hit the nose first. You look for any of that kind of fruit that's on there. You know, like a little bit of white peach on this one is kind sure. of what I would pick up. Yeah. Or some melon maybe. Yeah. Um, I and definitely then, see the air. Uh, I can smell some peach. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering what that was. And then, right. Uh, right as you said, I was like, now I sound snobby. I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yes, I uh, smelled the peach. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you go to the smell and you're kind of like, okay, I did that. Yeah. Then I just have you taste it. And um, what do you get on the taste? Do you get that, you know, that mineral, that minerality? Do you get acid? Do you get fruit? I don't know. Do you get sugar, depending on the wine? And um, then we go there. And then the finish, you just kind of go, what's, what's left in your mouth? Is it gone? Short finish, long finish, still there. Yeah. You're getting tannins, you're getting acid. And I go, and it's that simple. And that, that's what it is, is you just hit those three steps. Yeah. You know, you hit the smell, you hit the taste, and you hit the finish. And you don't need to get more complicated than that. Yeah, because I think that's what can turn people away from the experience maybe, or they don't know wine, or maybe they only had something, you know, at a bar maybe in L.A. Like, yeah. that's that's one of the, the, the things that I try to avoid when I'm out in L.A. at, a, at like, a dive bar Right. Is that if I want wine or, you know, it's like, ah, maybe I'm just going to do a glass of wine tonight. Oh, boy, look at this. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I just drank a carpet. Um, right. So uh, this is like an, a different experience. But the idea of uh, like the rules of yeah. tasting yeah. can turn people away. I love 
have you had people you you tell them what to uh, you know how to do what you were just explaining like you know what do you taste the smell all this and they get excited when they start to see it have yeah. you had experiences like that oh or? big time yeah. big time um you know we have so there's a lot of um like prejudices in wine a little bit yeah. you know you get guys who come in and i only drink red wine that's it i won't even try a white i don't like white yeah and i'm like well your probably only experience of white wine is what your wife has in the fridge and you just mm -hmm. don't like that yeah um so now you're mr big boy only red you know heavy red guy i go just try this yeah. and but I, when you try it this is what i want you to look for and if you can get all that and you're still not into it, that is all good. Yeah. I don't care because, you know, when if I have a choice, I'm always going to, you know, usually go to reds anyways as it is. But, you you know, wine is a big world that there's a lot to explore. And to see, like, some of the, like, most brooding, toughest men who want their big reds try, like, our super crisp and clean Grenache Blanc be like, oh, my God. I like that. Yeah. I actually like that. Oh, it's not all like buttery and sweet <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't taste like it's going to give me a headache. And right. I'm like, well, that's what you're drinking your wife's wine. And to see them have like that aha moment of like, oh, I can drink white wine. I like this, you know. That was me. Yeah. I was that guy. I was drinking reds and reds only. And I would taste at, at when we would go out and, and tasting rooms and whatnot. But I would only order reds. I am drinking nothing but rosé and whites lately like yeah. it's just because it's maybe it's because it's been very hot over the summer mm -hmm. and um it's more refreshing but my palate is opening up i've found and i consider myself a wine lover for over 10 years now i mean god when did i really about 2001 okay so more than 10 years but 2001 is when i sat years. down 20 <laughs> years sat down but i was in paris and i thought okay. i was this guy where i'm like okay i'm gonna sit here and have wine and be the french guy right yeah and i drank some wine i was like oh that's kind of good i don't i don't know i thought wine was supposed to be like gross right and then i'm that was my introduction to it and then it just 20 years later i'm still know nothing I still like feel like I don't know anything. I still like am discovering these whites, Grenache Blanc, and rosés that I love now because I was, I mean, at one point I was like just cabs, yeah, just Syrahs, yeah, had a Malbec phase, right? <laughs> like, Only Malbec, Pinot yeah. Noir. Oh, I love the Pinot Noirs, and now it's like rosé. So that's, what do you make of that? What do you, do you uh, do tastes open up? Do you develop over time? You know, I think there's a time and a place for every wine, and yeah. right now with the weather just being warmer mm -hmm. and um kind of like when you're going to be tasting it's more daytime drinking more daytime tastings um those chilled whites and rosés kind of just hit the spot you yeah, know they do. they they do and what's great is you can move in you can move into the reds like i love uh like moving into wines like starting somewhere and then moving in somewhere not just like all right, it's 2.30, we're barbecuing, we got friends over, um, let's open that bottle of cab. It's like, <laughs> no, here's what we're going to do. Like, maybe we'll start with a little bit of sparkling and have some cheese. And, there you, go. you know, then we're going to kind of snack on this and then we're going to move into some rosé. And then by the time food's ready and you're sitting down and the sun's setting, it's like, hey, now let's crack that bottle yeah. of cab. Yeah, you now's know? the cabernet. Yeah, and then, exactly and then you're like, wow, that was what an experience to move through those wines. And... And that's what I like to do. And that's probably what you guys are doing now is you're kind of like, hey, it's warm. It's nice. Yeah. A nice chilled white wine sounds amazing right now. And, yeah. and, and I think the more you learn, 
the more your palate kind of just starts to like crave your own personal experiences, if that makes sense. That like, makes perfect sense. Especially France. Like if you go back to France right now, you'll, anytime I go to Europe, I'm like, like just salivating, like, oh my God, I got to get these wines. Like I can't, I'm here, the smells, the yeah. feels, yeah. it's all going on. And that's, it kind of brings us to our next bottle because we were, you did the Grenache and now we're, Grenache Blanc, I should say, and now we're on rosé. Is that right? Well, this is a, this is a Pet Nat Sparkling Rosé. Oh, okay. But yeah, you, you've, you've hit it. That's my fiance and I, we love to do, we start with the rosé while we're prepping the food. If it, like, let's say a barbecue, we're barbecuing some steaks. We always say this, okay. I'll pick up a rosé for when we're prepping and we're sitting there with some appetizers and whatnot. Steak comes off the grill. Boom, we're opening that cab. We're opening that Syrah. That's what I like to do. Ooh, this is great. Yeah, I've, got a, I've actually got a funny story about a, a French friend of mine. Yeah. Who, he's from Bordeaux. Okay. And uh, he told me about the first time he came to California ever. Okay. And he's very uh, proud of his Bordeaux wines, which he should be. And he came uh, to California, and all he knew was, I have to go to Napa. I have to try these cabs. I have to go up there and, right. and see what this California wine is all about. And he said he ended up extending his California kind of vacation because he was so unhappy with the wines that he just kept moving his way around the California coast, trying to find something. And so when he told wow. me the story, he says it was really funny. He goes, I came out here and he goes, I went to Napa and I tried the Napa cab. <laughs> and I say, this is shit. What is this? My mouth is on fire. This is not a cab. How do you do this with the cab? Oh, so he no. goes, so I le he left Napa. He, he was so disgusted, left Napa, could he not believe it. stormed out of yeah. Napa. <laughs> and then he's in like the Sonoma coast and he goes, and then I'm in Sonoma and I tried these Pinot and I go, this is about Burgundy. I'm, what are you doing with these Pinots? <laughs> he's like, you guys are dead Pinot. I can't believe you do this to the Pinot. Like, so he was so upset. And he said he finally made his way down to um, like Santa Barbara. He didn't even know about uh, like, uh, I, maybe he stopped in Paso, but he didn't even know about the Santa Ynez Valley. Like he didn't know about this area and he was in Santa Barbara on the ocean and was like, you know, was just so unhappy with California wines. And then he said he was at whatever restaurant and someone told him, they go, we have this Syrah from, you know, it's Santa Ynez Valley. It's a little bit of kind of a cooler climate. And he yeah. said, the waiter gave me a really nice description of this like Santa Ynez Valley Syrah. This is years and years ago before this was like a major kind of like region. Okay. And he goes, Chris, I tell you that Syrah from Santa Ynez. Oh my God. He goes, finally, I can drink California wine. He goes, I found the Syrah, the Syrah from Santa Ines. And he goes, that's it, that's it. It's all about the Santa Ines Valley. Uh, and so um, yeah. it was like, I tell other winemakers in the area, I go, it was like a very like proud like moment of like, see, we really are doing stuff, you know, right around here. Yeah. Like it took uh, Syrah from the Santa Ines Valley for him to appreciate California wine. That's great. And, uh, so it's a really funny story. I love and, that story. Yeah. yeah. And I could just picture it too. And it's so funny. You would think yeah. though, he goes to Napa and it's like, he's going to love it. Right. Yeah. It's Napa. Right. Big ratings. Big and ratings. you know, it's he's like, used to drinking Bordeaux. It's the same region. And yeah. to try those cabs, he was like, what is this? <laughs> pretty funny. That's so, so amazing. Yeah. So it's a pretty good story. I so. love this. So we are on the, uh, sparkling, you said sparkling, yeah. uh, 
So, so it's a sparkling rosé and it's a and it's a pet nat. And for those of you who don't know what a pet nat is, it uh, stands for like petulant naturel. Okay. So it's uh, one of the oldest forms of winemaking, and it's a very natural form of winemaking. And what you do is you kind of capture the fermentation in the bottle, mm-hmm. and what happens is the CO two gets trapped in the bottle, and that's what creates the sparkling effect. So um, these are really fresh wines. It's a really uh, you know. Uh, Let's just say uh, it's it's a very natural wine, so it's made to be drank. It's made to be drank now. And what it does is it just creates mm. this just natural, fresh, sparkling effect. And uh, Sparkling, it's, I get. It's, fresh, uh, I get. A little fruit forward for me. So, so uh, what we call this wine here is kind of like watermelon all around. You get the watermelon on the nose. You get the watermelon on the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it finishes up with a bit of that minerality and a yep. bit of those bubbles and that's what kind of adds that kind of like party effect or that like i'm happy this puts a smile like we tell people to in here where they'll be like oh i've never had a sparkling rosé or i've never had a pet nap before and we'll we'll tell them we'll we'll say drink this wine and i dare you not to smile just take a sip and i dare you not to smile <laughs> and they always take a little sip and then a little smile comes on their face they're like damn it yeah so this is like the happy wine don't don't yeah. think too much about it nope. if you're by the pool if you're, um, you know, with friends and it's daytime and you just want to pop something real quick to kind of give you guys a little smile and a little kick in life, this is the wine right here. Chris is smiling for those at home uh, that can't see this, obviously, for the audio podcast. And I am smiling from ear to ear. This is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I can picture popping this hot day pool. We got some, some, the grill is getting ready to go. We got some chips and dips and all that kind of good friends and bathing suits yeah. running around. This is, this is great. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah I don't think this. too much about it. Just drink it, smile. That's yeah, all it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm not normally a sparkling guy. Like yeah. I don't, you know, rosé, shards, Sauvignon Blancs, you know, I don't like champagne. Right. I'm not a champagne guy. Um, and I'm not calling this a champagne, but that sparkling does make me smile. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a like a party in my mouth yeah it's that's exactly what it is and um it's not super heavy sparkling either that like pet nat it's not as it's not as heavy on the bubbles you know and um so it just creates that like little uh like tingly effect in your mouth that just makes you smile it's great So, so so that's this guy so when you pick your wines to feature for the tasting room for um for selling and all that kind of stuff um why did you choose these four well, right now, because of the situation I'm in, these are the four I got. Okay. I am running out of wine like crazy. Really? Um, being our first year, uh, I didn't quite know, you know, how I should properly allocate for our tasting room. Okay. And it's just been crazy. So yeah. I've been selling wine faster than I can keep it. and uh, That's a good thing, right? It's, it's a good thing. It's funny. Everyone keeps telling me, like, when I'm talking to other winemakers and and people they're like that's a good problem to have i go no it's still a problem i go problems are problems i'm like i don't want any problems it's it's still a problem and i'm kind of grasping at straws here and that's also when i found this you know grenache blanc i was like oh yes more white wine thank god like we can keep the menu going you know right 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 so um, that's great and so and we're also at the beginning of the harvest is that right we are okay so you know i know you brought some grapes they're sitting here in front of me right now i'll take a picture to to share uh on the site and so everybody can see it on the uh show description of this um what does the harvest mean for you like what's what does that mean for for people that don't know 
Is it, uh, this is go time for you? It's go time. Okay. It's not a lot of sleep time. Not a lot of sleep time. <laughs> uh, but this is this is really what it's all about. And what what I'm what we're doing a lot. Most people here is you're really watching weather. You're checking numbers, so you're like pulling samples of the grapes to kind of see where your sugars and acids are at. Okay. And it's this kind of fine. Uh, you're, you're really kind of trying to just time out the next, let's just say month and a half, two months of when can I bring in these grapes? What's the right time to harvest? Also, what's the right time to, to harvest all the grapes? So I kind of have time between each varietal. Um, so you're really, it's, everything's under a microscope right now. And then not only that, you know, harvest, we harvest really early in the morning. Mm. Um, and that just helps with uh, preservation, you know, almost like a natural re refrigeration of the grapes when you do harvest them and bring them in. They're not hitting the sunlight. Mm -hmm. um, bugs aren't out. You're okay. not dealing with any of that. Yeah. And uh, the grapes are about, you know, they're as cool and fresh as they're going to get. And that's a perfect time to bring them in. So things happen really early during harvest and there's also a lot of last minute decisions um oh, okay. watching weather you know uh the weather's beautiful right now yeah. but usually around this time of year we get these crazy heat spikes yeah um yeah. i think last year it hit almost 120 a couple days oh my God. so you go from an 85 degree day to you're looking next week and it's going to be 106 for three days straight and you go okay what do i do do i pull my grapes now do i try and make it through that heat spike wow. and harvest after the heat spike um you know it's it's a real fine timeline of of how to do things and yeah. um so right now i can honestly say you know i just started harvest like today's like pretty much day one i'm going straight to the winery after this and um Things seem to be like really smooth. Uh, you know, we've got great weather. Yeah. Uh, grapes are maturing um, like perfectly as they should be. Nothing's kind of like surprising us. Nothing's jumping up out of nowhere. So um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm really excited for this harvest. I think I think this is going to be a great harvest for everyone, and yeah. it's going to be probably a, a lower stressful type of harvest if the weather continues to stay like this. Yeah, and uh, to touch on that a bit. Because, you know, we, we came here early. It's a Friday morning to, to get this in before the rush and everything. But it, I noticed it was really cold. It was, like, oh, yeah. overcast. Um, and you said, like, a perfect refrigerator. Yeah. Right? Early in the morning. Is that's the Santa Ynez Valley? Is it that is. why your French friend was like, this is why? It's uh, like the, yeah. the weather is good. It's yeah. perfect for wine. It, it really is. It's... It's insane the type of uh, the, the climate and the soil we have up here. I mean, we've got, you know, when you go a little bit more coastal, you get a lot of that limestone. When you go a little bit out of that, you kind of get that like sandy loom, what they call it, type soil. Mm -hmm. And all that soil is is really great grape growing soil because it's kind of it's kind of shitty in yeah. a weird way. It's yeah. not like this ultimate fertile land. It's you know, you kind of want those vines to struggle. And uh, that, that's kind of what it does is it makes them struggle. And then the fact that it cools down so much at nighttime, and can, you know, right. we get 40-degree weather changes during the day. And that's, wow. that's regular. That's not a weird day. That's, yeah. like, that's pretty regular. It was, I took my kids to school this morning. It was 48 degrees when I was taking them to school. Oh, wow. And it's going to be 85 today. That is, yeah, that's a big swing. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So when you talk about the weather and you talk about this perfect 
area for the kind of the the growing what's a what's one of the better wines to come out of it like is it a pinot noir is it a rosé a syrah what would you pick as the one where you're like yep I would say Syrah is leading the charge up here. Yeah, um, okay. Syrahs are definitely leading the charge, and that's something that myself, I have a few other kind of like younger winemakers in town that we kind of talk. We're like, God, if we could just get everyone together and get them on the same page, we'd kind of be known. We could we could be known as like Syrah country. Really? I think our Syrahs are that good, but also, um, you know, you hear Napa, you, you just assume Cap. Cap. Napa yep. Cap. You hear Sonoma, you hear Coastal Pinots, you want to go up there and try their Pinots. Paso, you're kind of going to assume you're going to be drinking some, like, big red blends. Yeah. That's Paso. Um, and it's kind of like, we better hurry up and, and jump on this Syrah train right. before someone else does because we have a killer region. The Syrahs coming out of this region are killer. And if we can all stand behind it, we'll really actually, you know, it's kind of like what's good for one person can be good for everyone. And that's kind of what we're saying is this could be good for everybody, everyone yeah. as a whole. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like for this region, and maybe it's because of Sideways, but the Pinot Noir, that, yeah. that people know it for Pinot Noir more than anything. And maybe that is because the movie really did catch fire and cause this whole, I don't know, idea of like you know i'm not drinking fucking merlot right or and then i'm gonna drink a lot of pinot noir but i love hearing you talk about syrah yeah as as and i, I, I mean not we to, have a syrah here and a pinot that yeah not to. not to discredit the pinot so what we should do is let's try the pinot yeah and uh this pinot is um from the santa rita hills so we we actually are lucky enough to have this kind of small region it's called the santa rita hills mm -hmm. and it's it's our coastal region. So, so let's say in the San Inez Valley, let's say you get that 40 degree weather swing, okay? And it's gonna be 85 degrees here today. It was 46 this morning. In the Santa Rita Hills, um, sometimes there's a 20, almost a 20 degree weather swing between the San Inez Valley and the Santa Rita Hills. Wow. Even though it's a 12 minute car ride, um, so it will, you'll go over there and the high today will be like 72 degrees yeah. and the high today will be 85 and that's where the Pinot comes in. Okay. So that is where, um, I think, you know, why they associate Pinot is those wines are all coming from the Santa Rita Hills. And so this is John Sebastiano Vineyard, this Pinot, you know, you get that full strawberry, almost yeah. like red cherry on the nose. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you get that Pinot earthiness on the palate, a little bit of smoke, a little bit of tobacco, hints yeah. of spice. Um, and what we do with our Pinot is we chill this baby down. We keep this guy in the fridge. Really? Yeah, this okay. is like the daytime red, the daytime sipper, you know. Yep. It's, it's lighter bodied, so um, you throw some chill on that, and it's just, That's it good. compacts everything and just creates a ton of drinkability. And that's interesting because I think a lot of people – I personally, we have a wine fridge at home, and we have all of our reds in there at a certain temperature. We like it a little bit cold. Yeah. Now, Pinot I get because of the light and, you know, everything you said. Do you always want to serve red wine um, a little bit chilled? Is that, that kind of because so I, I have had red wine where you're like, ooh, it's real warm. Yeah. And it's like a little bit it, – it takes – it's – it knocks you down a little bit. It does. So um, hopefully people are still listening to us. So this is uh, this is kind of my philosophy on it. 
uh, room temperature is something that kind of needs to just like go away. Like, because <laughs> nobody keeps their house at, you know, 58 degrees. There's no right. that. Um, so where I think room temperature came from is originally it was uh, cellar temperature or, um, you know, if you go to France, they have those caves, the coughs that they call them. And it doesn't matter if it's the middle of summer, those underground natural wine cellars, they stay, you know, around 50 degrees, maybe low 60s, but they're cold and they stay cold. And that is where they keep some of the best wines in the world. So when uh, back in the day, when they would take these people down there to taste their wines, you would enter these cellars and that's the temperature of the entire room. Mm. And so that's where you would taste the wine was down there. Yeah. You don't pull the wine out of there and sit it on a, a table in the sun and wait for your wine to get 74 degrees and Gross. then taste it, right? Yeah. So um, not that you can't store your wines inside your house. You don't need uh, like a crazy wine fridge or anything. But what I tell people to do is, even with our Syrah, is if it's just sitting in your house, throw it in the fridge for a couple minutes, even yeah. just six, eight minutes. Yeah. Um, the Pinot, keep that in the fridge for 15 to 20 minutes before yeah. you open it. And white wines, you know, half the time they'll live in your fridge anyways because yeah. you're going to just be drinking them right, right. as they go. So um, so uh, the idea of that room temperature has kind of become a, a thing, you know, like yeah. for restaurants and in people's houses. But kind of needs to go away. <laughs> go away. I yeah. agree. I agree because it, it did change my thinking when I was starting to really get into tasting and wine and you know, noticing that they're pulling some reds out of a fridge yeah. uh, at a temperature that's not just room temperature. And I'm like, oh. And so I started noticing the differences in the way it tasted. Yeah. And it was so much better. It's, oh, right. It just feels so much better. So I love that you're saying, yeah, let's get rid of the room temperature kind of thing. <laughs> right. I'm just, just like. Uh... Just like we need to make sure that this is known for Syrah. That we, you should be the yeah. Syrah capital of California and the world for the for wine. Right. <laughs> I think so. I mean, uh, I. We'll we'll see what happens to the future of this town, and I'm I'm the new the new guy on the block too. So of course yeah. I I want my opinion heard. But yeah. um, what's it being what's it being like the the new kid in town here? Uh, I'll be honest, it's actually been great. Yeah. Uh, the town is so, is really supportive. You know, yeah. everyone comes by, they want to you know buy a bottle or at least taste your wines and kind of say welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always underlying competition with any market. Sure. Um, but if anything is happening like that, it's it's beknownst to me because I've I've got nothing but um, really friendly, uh, a really welcoming vibe from everybody. And, oh, that's great. And what's great is I like to take that. There's been some, you know, since I've opened, there's even been a couple more tasting rooms that open. And mm -hmm. I right away, I'm like, I got to go in there. I got to introduce myself. I got to say hi to these guys. I got to find out what they're doing well. I got to yeah. buy a bottle and then I can tell people in town like, hey, go check out, you know. Right the Grenache from this person or go check out the Sauvignon Blanc the new guys got. Yeah, so I love that. And that's that goes to the lifestyle and the that that I have really connected with. And that is everybody's just so cool. Yeah. And it's like you want it, it because I don't know what it is, but it becomes a lifestyle because I find myself itching to get out of town just to go wine tasting. Yeah. And I started to break that down in my head and like do I just want to get drunk or is it, do I want to just be out? No. And it's last night we were at a, a, a tasting room in uh, Solvang and we were talking mm -hmm. to uh, the woman that was pouring and 
before I knew it, we were talking about the deepest kind of things. She was sharing that she has a, uh, a sister with special needs and how hard it is and how she's looking to develop apps to help with those kind of things. Before I knew it, we were absolutely talking about the deepest, most, I don't know, uh, intimate things from, right. from another person. That, to me, is the lifestyle. That, to me, is why we do this and come here and want to sit because, yeah, and I met you when I came here right? like a, a, a month ago. It's been a month. Um, and it's just, you seem just like the nicest guy, you know, <laughs> and I just wanted to talk to you because that's what this feels like is sitting down, pouring some wine, the tongues loosen up a bit, and you just feel like you're connecting on a different level than just at any bar or any yeah. kind of, even restaurant, well, restaurants a little bit more personal when you're like, because you want to be alone with whoever you're with. But this is like, this is a community kind of experience. Is yeah. that what you found? I mean, is yeah. that why you wanted to, to go into wine? That was a huge part of it because, you know, when my brothers and I got together too, it was like, why? Like, wait, why don't we just start like a beard label or why don't we, you know? And I was like, no, I want to start something that will live longer than us in a weird way. Yeah. And the, the connotation of like you can age wine, but also the connotation of like, it doesn't matter how old you are or who you are or, or you know, where you come from. Wine is kind of the ultimate like social gathering. The bottle, the classic, you know, photo you look is the bottle of wine on a, on a table with like a feast or a meal and, right. you know, the certain holidays, Thanksgiving, things like that. It's, you're bringing bottles of wine. You're not like, oh, everyone's got to drink my shitty beer now because yeah. it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> and people are like, I'm just going to drink my nice bottle of wine. So um, I brought a 12er that, of Corona, man. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was really what kind of my brothers were like, oh, okay, I get, I get where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, I, I get the idea of uh, it's something to be like, enjoyed. We're not trying to get, we're not trying to get drunk here. Right. We're actually trying to create this experience that's and, right. and that's wine. Um, it's funny. I So I have a friend who's now sober and he always says to me, he goes, the only thing I miss about drinking is like having a nice meal and a glass of wine. Yeah. And, and that's and that that says a lot. You're right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, because um, w that's originally why wine was intended was the was the compliment, the food that you were eating. And so it's not about getting drunk. It's not about the party. It's about enhancing your experience mm -hmm. whether it's food or people and and wine truly does that it really can like bring people together it does yeah you know it, it's something that how i met my fiance um was like how a lot of people have now apps right we met yeah. online but in her profile wine lover me wine lover and i i wrote her i said anybody that likes wine is a friend of mine or something like that <laughs> right. whatever the stupid pickup line was uh <laughs> but it worked I guess. <laughs> I think it works. It I works. Mean, she's sitting here she's, smiling. She's sitting here right now with a big <laughs> smile on her face. Yeah. But that is, and that is something that we then connected on because then we started going wine tasting and it was when I started dating her almost eight years ago, that's when we started to go wine tasting because I'd only been in a couple of times in my life and didn't really think much of it. Um, didn't, I mean, like, liked wine and everything, but meeting these people, meeting learning about that girl last night, um, about, you know, her sister and, mm -hmm. and how hard, but how proud and what she's doing and how hard she's working to do some things. 
you starting this with your brothers, but then focusing in on the on the wine and the lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I, I really love that. That's that's really something special because I think that's why I wanted to do this show was I wanted people to know you open this bottle, there's a story in how it got here, mm-hmm. the grapes, the harvest, all the things, but then it becomes about your story. Right. And that's what I love. Yeah. And yeah. so here we are now on the Syrah, so which all, you have yeah, said. All this talk, all this talk about you the You have said, now we are on the Syrah, like, yeah. let's... Let's okay. check this bad well, boy let, out. Let's hope this, I mean, you've had this, but let's yeah. just hope, you know, this doesn't disappoint after all that talk. That would be pretty, Right. that would be pretty sad. Well, I'd also be a pretty <laughs> jerk of a podcast host if I said, nope, this one's really bad, man. You're like, how do you drink it? Oh, my gosh. So uh, this Syrah as well from wow. Thompson Vineyard. And that's, Smells that's how we started. So we kind of call this our heritage wine because... This is exactly where it all started was um, when I had my little home vineyard in Topanga Canyon and I was up here trying to learn more about farming and learn more about winemaking. Um, I actually volunteered for a harvest in 2012 and that was when they offered me, they're like, hey, we got this small, you know, little block of um, this Thompson Vineyard Syrah. It's the older vines, you know, but it's a small amount. I think you seem like the type of guy like, that might just want to take these, you know, grapes and, and, and do this. And it was funny. I was like, I don't know. I'm like, let me talk to my brothers and let me um, think about this and I'll get back to you. And he like looked at me and he was like, what? He's like, dude, there's like a nine year wait list for this block. Like I'm just offering you the small amount of grapes. It's like, yes or no, man. (laughs) And I was kind of like, uh, okay, yes, (laughs) Yes. I'll do it. Like, let me talk to my brothers. Who is this kid? Like, (laughs) you know, um, but I needed them to invest, you know, I needed all of us if we were, and it was only, you know, 50 cases, but if we're all gonna, you know, do this, I, I needed their, I needed their money. I needed all of us to invest all four of us, um, to really make it work. And they, uh, thank God they were so reluctant. We're just like, yeah, we trust you. If they, if this is really special, you know, grapes, let's, uh, let's do it. And and that was, that was it. And, um, and then after that, this has just become our wine, you know, that we've, you know, we sell it by the glass at the sew houses, the Biltmore Four Seasons. They, you know, at one point it was their number one. Yeah. This Syrah was like their number one selling wine by the glass. It was so, um, a lot of, a lot of good things have come out of this wine right here. So very proud of this guy. And, um, if it wasn't for this wine, I don't think we would have, I wouldn't be here. I would not have the tasting room. I would not be living in Los Olivos and I would not have the brand i think it would still just be i'd be in topanga canyon trying to harvest these you know grapes and make the most out of them and walking around with probably jugs of wine to birthday parties and stuff you know um it's really good it's really really good i am a a syrah fan and i i want a steak now uh, you know what is it you how would you describe this uh, for people uh, listening right now? God, this is, I actually haven't tried this in, a, in a, probably a few days, and it's tasting really nice. Yeah, uh, full, full blackberry fruit on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, on the palate, you kind of get that, that herbalness mm-hmm. that you get. I'm getting like kind of like herbs and spices on the palate. And then it finishes with almost this like, like crushed you know, almost like a lavender and a crushed mm. red, uh, or, or a crushed black pepper together. Like if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, 
and uh, but still very balanced. Like it's not overpowering. You're not like, ooh, that's a spicy wine. It's or you're not like that's a jammy wine. It's 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 hitting really nice right now. This is our 2017 vintage, and I mean I'm I'm impressed Good. with my own wine. Uh, I, I'm I'm, you, I'm, I'm actually should. am. I, I haven't tried this. I think at this time of the day, uh, you know, in a long time and. It's hitting really nice, very it's, balanced yeah. wine, you know? It's really good. It's really good. So I, I always, well, I always, I want to end most shows now with a kind of what I call the, the wine for three, like three mm. of your picks here and then three meals that you might prep. Okay. For people who are, and I know because I have people who are interested in wine and they don't know a lot about it, but you even kind of said it, it's why it was created to enhance the food and the experience. So, you know, for people listening at home that maybe don't know or haven't gotten into wine yet, but they want to, what's a bottle? What are three bottles that you would pick and like three accompanied foods that you would might just whip together at home or even for uh, a gathering uh, with some friends? I, I like this question. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the fun part. Uh, so let's just say uh, no limitations. No limitations. I can just uh, go for it. So yeah. why don't we start? Let, let's just turn it into a full evening. So here's let's what I it. here's what I would do. So I would start um, with the Grenache Blanc, and let's say it's about three thirty, four p.m. Uh, warm summer evening. Um, we're kind of all just get getting together, hanging out. I would do this Grenache Blanc. And I would start with oysters and crab legs. I would Ooh, just go raw yeah. seafood right off the bat. Okay. So when people come up, let's just say fresh oysters. We're shucking our own oysters. We're breaking off crab legs. And we're sipping on this ice-cold bottle of Grenache Blanc. God, my mouth is So we go watering. through that. <laughs> and as the conversation arises, let's just say the... Uh, We'll, we'll use a Santa Maria grill, which is an open, op, o, open fire, uh, red oak type of cooking barbecue style that's oh, really famous in this that. area. Yeah, okay. So then all of a sudden you're starting to smell the smoke. The fire's getting going. You're prepping the wood. Um, then I would break into the Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. And then I would bring out the uh, charcuterie plate. And oh, then yeah. we would go with that. And we'd be pairing meats and cheeses with that Pinot Noir. The Pinot's chilled as well. That's so then you're kind of snacking on meat and cheeses. You're getting the smell of the smoke from the fire. You're getting that kind of smoky finish with the Pinot and you're sipping on that wine through it. This way you're, you're not full, but it's getting later and your appetite's building up. And what I would be doing is I'd be throwing lamb shanks straight on that fire. Yeah. We do lamb shakes with nothing but salt and pepper, just a salt and pepper rub right on that right. open fire. And then inside I would whip up garlic mashed potatoes oh. and I'd be sauteing carrots and asparagus. Okay. And what I would do is I would super buttery whipped garlic mashed potatoes, lay that with sauteed carrots and asparagus over that, and then pull that lamb shank straight off the fire, right onto your plate. And that's when you move right into that sorrel. No. Oh. That's what this I would do. Is, I mean, this is, I'm just... <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm my mouth is watering. I'm I'm wanting that now. It, that's that's really. I love the way you described it too. And the and the surprise for me was the lamb shank because yeah. I was like, he's probably going to steak or something, right? But I want that meal. This has been a wonderful conversation, Chris. Thank you so much for having me here. And everybody, I hope you just took notes. Go re rewind that. You want all of that. 
You want all of that. Grenache Blanc, oysters, crab legs. Then you get the charcuterie board with Pinot Noir as the smoke is, is, is in the air. And then you're putting that lamb shank on there. Garlic mashed potatoes, asparagus, carrots, Syrah. My God. Where can people come and find your wine? It's fourbrotherswine.com, right? Yes, fourbrotherswine.com. Um, our tasting room is up here in Los Olivos. We're real easy to find. Yep. Um, those two avenues, you, you can follow us on Instagram, at Four Brothers Wine Co., okay. um, to find out some inside information. And those three avenues is, is the go-to right there. There it is, everybody. And that is F-O-U-R. Spell it out, Four Brothers, not for the number, but fourbrotherswine.com. Go on Instagram. Check it out. Their tasting room here in Los Olivos. It's beautiful. I'm a, like I said, we started the show. This beautiful patio here with umbrellas, flowers on the tables, little picnic benches, all the great stuff. There's music playing next door. There are locals going all around. There's people riding bikes. There's dogs everywhere. It really is a lifestyle. It really is so much fun. And I hope you all come check it out. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being uh, one of my first guests on the uh, on the new podcast. Oh, thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah, I appreciate it. So everybody, this is The Wine Life. Do me a favor. Go wherever you get your podcast, please rate, subscribe, share it with your friends, leave a review. It's really important. If you like what we're doing here, if you like this, leave a review. It helps so much, spreads the word. So on behalf of The Wine Life, I'm Mark Riley, your host. This is from the Good People Association, the GPA. You can go check out thegpa.fun. And remember, spread this new show far and wide. We'll see you next time on The Wine Life.